Hello there, everyone. Welcome to the Humans at Work podcast. And for this series, we are going to be talking to a whole range of people about how we go about creating exceptional teams. And today we have Kathy Rast, and she is going to share some of her wisdom with us about creating exceptional teams and no doubt many other things. So if we can just kick off by, Kathy, can you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about who you are, what you do, and what kind of clients you work with? Wonderful. Thanks, Michelle. Hello, my name's Kathy Rast. I'm a linguistiologist, which means that I know natural language patterns. And what we're doing with our words every single day, it's a wonderful uh, way of discovering what we already have and leveraging that to make them stronger. I typically work with individuals that are emerging executives or experienced executives, and they are already amazing at what they do. And all I do is show them what they are doing well and not so well yet and then how they can leverage these different areas in their words and then shape what comes next. And I also working, I'm working with organizations more and more where we are moving into the space of shaping how we talk and what we say and our conversations in how we can make them how would I say it? Now I've just lost my words. How wonderful. How we stop having the same conversations and how we move to having progressive conversation, which are all building on the ones before it to where we want to go. So getting there sooner, easier, because we know what we are doing with our words. Mm, beautiful. And a linguistiologist, is that the right pronunciation? That is. You nailed it. You actually, oh, it's a clever little word. It is a very clever little word. And what, what does it mean, basically? What it, Like if you had to describe what that word meant itself, what does that mean? Yeah, well, what I can say is what it does, how I use it and where it came from, which is really, really um, easy and quick. It came from, I have been in many roles. And one of those roles, as soon as we know uh, a role, a field, something is in, we feel an instant comfort because we can put it into a category and we know how we're going to connect with it. So what I was doing is that I would explain what I would do with people and they'd go, what? So then I would go, I thought, okay, I've got to create something that's comfortable for people's ears and minds to take on and be curious about. So in my role, when I was a provisional psychologist, everybody heard ologist and you just hear that and you feel comfort or ology. And then you just feel comfortable. Well, you know, it's a thing. So I created linguistiology and a linguistiologist, which just means I know uh, natural language patterns and how to leverage them to get what we want. So when you say natural language patterns, do you mean natural as opposed to learned natural patterns, uh, learned patterns, or what does natural patterns mean? Great, great question. Uh, Natural can be equivalent to organic. Whatever is rolling off your tongue, that is natural to you. And it's the unconscious mainly. So yes, they are learned. And well, every all language is learned, isn't it? So it is uh, very much about what is organic and what is normal for each individual or organization or team as we are talking in this context. 
And can you, you said before you worked with a range of different clients, some execs, some emerging execs, and no doubt other people as well. Can you give us an example of a specific client and what some of the things are that you might have worked with that client around? Yeah, so the wonderful scope of, say, the emerging exec. So somebody's either landed that role, been sunk into that role because they're so good technically at what they do, um, or they are aspiring to go into that role. And it's this wonderful thing where you're kind of in the middle where you know the detail of what needs to get done, but you're also aware of what the uh, big picture, what, what, where you're going and what the exec want, but you don't quite know what the language they're talking out there yet, because there's a specific language um, and language patterns that the exec talk about in the big picture. And it's really, really easy to learn and apply so that you can talk with, you can sit at that table comfortably. So what I do is I take people from what they know technically and from their experience, and then I shape and show them how they can shape their knowledge and expertise from the ground up to sit at that table confidently and talk the same language as everybody else that's there. So what are some examples of the kinds of language that exec might use ah wonderful it's probably easier to capture in what a report would look like Mm -hmm. exec one page anything more than one page everyone else (laughs) so of course you've got your um say your techie person who needs their 40 pages of blah to get that job done the exec they need that on one page or less So it's the level of detail and so they can make that decision as they need to. Yeah, yeah. And how do you find that people's unconscious minds play out in their speech patterns and the language that they choose? It's so fun. Once you know how to listen, it's incredibly, one, entertaining, but it's also very interesting. So what the unconscious language patterns we have is usually what we say is what we're focusing on. And one of the natural things that we tend to do with our language, and I'm only speaking in the um, areas that I dance with in, say, Australia, um, and then popular culture across the world, I haven't dived into too many international spaces to know if this is uh, universal. But it's around... We tend to say what we don't want and we continually get what we don't want because we are focusing on what we don't want because our unconscious mind cannot process a negative. So I understand you, Michelle, you've you've done some NLP training. So you know that we can't not think of a pink tree when we think pink tree, pink tree, pink, don't, whatever you do, do not think of that pink tree. So this, what we do is we naturally say what we don't want yet What's happening with our language there is that we are leaking out what we are focusing on and we've also, with the don't in there, there's something in there that we do not want but it's not generally what we're focusing on because every behaviour has a positive intention. It's meeting a need. So it's about finding that need of what it's meeting, what's not working about that current strategy and then moving forward from there, taking the bitch with the bits, bits. I did say bits. <laughs> 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 it's not 
Friday. I promise I won't swear. The bits forward with us that we are growing. So every bit that we want to add on, the rest can go to the compost heap and give the energy to feed what comes next. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, it's all about what you're focusing on and I think that's true. And what I see a lot when I'm working with Liz a lot of um, a lack of awareness about their language and a lack of awareness that their language is actually owning themselves very often. Um, and certainly lots of kind of should, tries, buts, you know, all these words that don't serve us and they actually don't perform a useful function. But our language is full of those things. <laughs> oh, can I build on that? Yeah, please do. So... I love, and that's what I was writing down here, I love how you said undermining uh, should. Uh, by the way, I'm strongly auditory, so I process like I, earworms, words I catch, they are really loud when they're, when they're kind of off centre. So that's my superpower. I'm working with people in that I listen to what they want and what they are saying and how it, if it doesn't line up by the end of their speech, that's where I'm like, oh, wow, it's really, really loud. So I know to pay attention to that as well as I'm strongly kinesthetic. So I feel like, oh, it's kind of a bit mismatched. So the shoulds, the tries, the buts, and they don't serve. Yet every behavior has a positive intention. So they're actually meeting a need. And usually, and let's like just jump straight to the end of the most stereotypical thing. It usually is a great way not to do that thing. I should go for a run. Yeah, when we put a should on it, we know that's an, uh, that's an absolute. We know that's a necessity. Yet it's, we make it black and white. And by making it black and white, it's easy to do it or not do it. And to, that means we make a choice. And so then that's the same with tries. Try slows down what you are going to do. I always think of Yoda. There's no do, there's no try, only do or do not. I think he says it in the reverse. But it's the same way. All it's doing is it's just got a uh, a reverse kind of um, push. It's pushing you back rather than pushing you forward. You've got kind of a reverse on motivation. Mm. So it's about, okay, well, if I really do want to exercise, if I, if I really do want to do that thing, what can I do to shape in my language? And there is an easy language strategy to apply with, especially with shoulds, to get it to move me to where I want to sooner and easier. It doesn't have to be a struggle. It can be easy. Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, once people do start getting some awareness about their language, it's quite interesting then to watch because they start picking themselves up and they start picking other people around them up <laughs> and they <clears throat> begin, begin to be much more in tune with those things. And as a direct result of that, they notice a difference in their own personal results. Mm. It's ultimately how we want to help people. How does language then apply in teams? Ah, wonderful, terrific. So, well, there's a couple of ways because I did look up. One of the things that I do is I look up, the, I connect with the dictionary every single day. Every single day I go and look up the laziest dictionary you could do, which is Google Dictionary. 
I go and look up a word and see what has been so popular because every every word has a meaning which has been created from the context that it's been witnessed in. Mm-hmm. And so I go and look up that and see how it aligns with what I understand or what I'm about to talk about and also where it's come from. Uh, usually Latin or Greek are the most um, and a little bit of Old Norse. Oh, I love that. Um, that's where they usually come from and it's kind of got watered down or distracted from where it originally came from, a lost in translation. So when I was looking up team, it was it's, the definition is about coming together to achieve a common goal. Mm-hmm. So what we tend to do, it's about... And I guess the next one was actually more helpful. It's a harness, animals, especially horses, together pull a vehicle. Now, when we think about that, that's probably a little bit easier to imagine a team moving toward a goal. If they are all pulling in the same direction with the same amount of effort, with all of these things in that one, they're all tied in. One might be a short lead. One might be a long lead. One might be a a free in the wind lead. As long as they're all going in the same direction, then you are going to move forward. Now, if everybody is going left, right, center, up, down, one's laying down, well, then, then you are going nowhere with a lot of effort. And it's a little bit funny as well, as well as it can be distressing. All these wonderful things that we can do. So you're inferring then that alignment of people within a team is an important characteristic. The alignment of the voice, yes. So the continual conversations, the continual, the direction. So just as we've been talking about what what we focus on, what we say is what we are focusing on. So focusing on a similar language, focusing on a similar purpose, focusing on a, a goal, and, and that goal may be for that day. It may be for that week. It may be for that project. It may be for that organization. But having that consistent voice and awareness of what's important in that team, which is part of an organization and how it fits into the big picture, and then everybody playing their important parts mm. to moving forward together. And I think um, in in my work, I often find teams that don't necessarily have a sophisticated understanding of how they fit into the big picture, mm-hmm. almost like um, teams that just operate as though they're not connected to other teams in the business, you know, when you get silo mentality and things mm-hmm. like that across an organisation. Mm-hmm. So um, how... What, what are some language that people could look out for to help them realise that they are connected to the big picture of the organisation? The very, very first thing that I ask anybody, uh, and this is especially, no, no, it's it's pretty much every conversation now I think about it. I ask, what's the vision of the organisation and what's the mission? What's the purpose of the vision? What's the purpose of the mission? And then every decision, every single thing that follows, if they're not aligning with the mission, which is what you are doing every day to achieve that vision, what are you doing it for? So it's about, and one really great place that we can do this is in HR. And in HR, we can guide managers, so managers and leaders to putting this into every single conversation. 
every change that's coming in, every decision, every performance conversation. How is that one behavior that you are not doing or you are doing that you're meeting or not yet meeting the expectation? How is that connecting to the big picture? So, for example, you know, it's important that we deliver um, this service. Oh, no. How do we word this? Basically, you're going to draw a line of sight. It's important to blah to deliver this to our customers. So to do this, our team plays an important role by delivering this part of the service. And in delivering that part of the surface, it's really important that each of us, especially you, because you're our gun in this area, to do this particular task. Yeah, over the last month, this is what we have noticed in the data. And then you have that wonderful conversation. So then the wonderful conversation is is you are assuming that they can do that, that they have all the resources that they can do that. Mm. And then you go, okay, what? If you were to know what could be preventing you from doing that thing over the last month, and then that opens up a wonderful conversation about discovering, I didn't ask why, there's deliberate, I I only ask why in in two scenarios, but this one, I said, what would be preventing you from doing that thing? So again, you're going in these different ways where you are, you're, you are, constantly referring to those big pictures and you are constantly linking it in your every interaction Mm. and how you are doing that can be very direct like we did just there draw a line of sight or it can be indirect by picking out key terms or the essence of it but it's a part of the everyday Mm. and when you work with teams what are some of the mistakes that you notice that teams can make around language yeah, well, it's that exact same thing. It's 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 pretty much think of a team. You can almost think of teams um, on different levels. So you could look at an organization as a team. The teams are the individual. The teams are pulling along that big thing that you call the organization. And if everybody's going in different directions, of all these teams are building their own empires and doing different things, different paces, or whatever it might be or just because they feel like doing that thing, which is usually what we do find. (laughs) We enjoy doing that thing, so we're just going to do that. We don't need to do that other thing. No one will notice. Um, Then we that's when we see it not working. And it's the same with the individuals um, within a smaller team, within a team. Keeping that focus, pointing toward that focus, what is contributing in the everyday in the little things? In the little things, so that way when we have to tweak it and move it, then they are little. We don't save it up for a big performance conversation. We don't save it up so that it's so far gone that everybody is personalized what's going on. No, we keep it as an everyday thing that, hey, we are frequently adjusting what we are doing so that we are continually getting closer and closer to that goal. Mm -hmm. What are some of the most useful words that you can have in your vocabulary as a team member? Uh, As a team member? Team member. That's right. Good. Uh, A team member. See, this is my expertise really does come down to what we are saying, but especially what we are saying to ourselves and talking to ourselves because that's what shapes our behavior a really really great example is when we say we're going to have a difficult conversation 
Wonderful. Guess what you're going to have? A difficult conversation. You've nailed it. I don't know why people don't go into a difficult conversation, then walk out and go, that was amazing. I had the most difficult conversation ever. Fantastic. You did exactly what you said was going to happen. So how about you can play with those words. We'll realize when we're catching those words and say, what else can I describe, say this conversation as? Um, so my favorite word is what. Sounds weird, I know, but if you look up the definition of why, it actually means for what purpose. So what happens is that moves you up a logical level, that moves you off of um, looking at excuses. So what we typically say are excuses. If you can come up with endless possibilities for a simple thing or a thing that needs a tangible action, then that's not suitable for a why. A why is great for brainstorming. A why is great for yeah, finding solutions at the start. A what is a practical uh, start to a question. And asking a question, especially uh, to when we don't know yet how to answer, especially if we're going to jump in and defend something, there's one question that you can ask, which is what's most important for you to know Mm -hmm. to any question. And that's the same with if you are a manager as well and you've got somebody who's in a performance conversation and they're they're absolutely bawling their eyes out. Fantastic. Guess what? That's release of the tension all built up coming into this and then we put it in those 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 wonderful mm. um oh, I've forgotten what they're called. So so oh, let me ask a different question then. If you are the leader of a team mm-hmm. or if you are the supervisor in a team, what are some of the ways that you can behave that will help support that team? Yeah, exactly how you want your people to behave. It's a simple question. If you want them to be organized, you be organized. You want them to be on time, you be on time. If you want them to be curious, you be curious. If you want them to be open to suggestion, you be open to suggestion. Model the behavior that you want. Mm. Focus on what you want. They will focus on what you are talking about. They will see the unconscious um, things in there. If you are looking at things that haven't gone well, model the behavior of what it is to notice something that hasn't worked yet and then to come up with a solution. Model, model, model is the strongest way to guide others. I think that's so powerful too. Our 20 minutes is just starting to wrap up, but I do want to hear what your best tip is before we go. So what's your single most important tip about creating an exceptional team just before we wrap up? Creating an exceptional team. Oh, I did look up exceptional as well. And I'm not sure that it's sustainable. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I agree with you. I don't think it is sustainable. Yeah, because I looked up, it means unusual, typical, unusually good, exceptionally good, which are all wonderfully vague terms. So I guess where we go is, okay, what can you make? When do you know when your team is performing 
at a minimum level and when are they going above and then how is that sustainable and what makes it sustainable and then leveraging those strengths to go and to move forward. So it's about what it looks like, what your team looks like to be performing at the expected level and what it looks like when they're not and then marrying those up. Awesome. We have had lots of insight this morning and I am very proud to have met my first linguiologist. Never be the same. Never be the same.